You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. If you can, lift up your phones, your iPads, your tablets, so we make our confession together. Um, Whatever device you have, or if you have a physical Bible, uh, please lift up your phones, your iPads, and let's say it together. Ready? Let's go. This is God's word for my life. I read it, receive it, understand it. Acts, the first chapter, and verse 6, and it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, King James says the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into heaven? King James says, why do you stand here gazing? This Jesus, or this same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. I want to go back up to uh, verse 10, and it says, and while they were gazing into heaven, two men with white robes came and said, why are you staying in one spot? Why are you standing here gazing and looking into heaven? And as we conclude this Crossroads series, I want to talk from the topic today, it's time to move from here. It's time to move from here. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this word. I am your vessel. Please move me out of the way so that they might hear you and not me. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's time to move. I want someone to say it again. It's time to move. It's time to move from here. As we've been in this series for the past few weeks, um, started it in um, April, and now, well, I guess I started in April. Yes, I did. I think I started in April, the end of March, actually. Um, and now we're moving into um, May um, this week. Uh, next Sunday will be the first Sunday in May. And um, I started this series, as I said last week, for those of you who were here, or those of you who have been following this, um, that was started from how Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was wrestling with the decision to follow God, to, sit, to follow God's plan for his life. And he went on from there and he surrendered to what God wanted him to do and he went from there to having the encounter with um, um, Judas in the Garden of Gethsemane. They came there, they captured him. Jesus went from there uh, to uh, being flogged and made fun of and talked about and all these different things and um, after that we find that Jesus then was in the road and uh, Simon came and assisted him and helped him as he went to Calvary and we found out of course Jesus did die but we do know three days later he got up and we know that Joseph Amarathias gave him um, his borrowed tomb because uh, when Jesus uses something he only wants to borrow it he never wants to keep it uh, which is why it's important for us to know sometimes God just wants to see if he can borrow what he gave you anyway 
Sometimes he wants to see, will you praise him with the breath that he gave you? Will you glorify him with the money that he allowed you to make? Will you honor him with your decisions and with your business and stuff like that? So he wanted to borrow it only so he could give it back. And as he went through that, we found out last week on the, the two men were on the road to Emmaus. Uh, we found out one of the names was Cleophas, which was the uh, particular uncle of Jesus, which was the brother of Jesus' earthly father named Joseph. He was in Emmaus. They were walking down, but they could not see Jesus because they were blinded by all the different things that had happened. They had gone through a series of grief, and grief has a way of gripping your heart, causing you not to be able to process things correctly. Uh, so Jesus walks with them while they are walking through grief and while they're walking through that, and he exposes himself and explains himself to them and says who he is. And after he leaves them, they turn to each other and they said, did not our hearts burn within us because Jesus is a fire starter? Does not our heart burn because he talked to us and he explained himself to us in such a way uh, that really ignited us? And after that happened, uh, Jesus left and it says uh, those, if you look at different accounts of scripture and historians and different ones and commentaries, we find that Jesus appeared in many ways for 40 days after the resurrection. Jesus appeared to many different people. So you'll find many different accounts and many different stories of Jesus appearing to different ones of them. And many of them were afraid and nervous because they were still grappling with the idea, did Jesus really get up from the grave? I knew he said he would, but I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Is that you? And even one account says that Jesus even confirmed who he was by saying, give me something to eat. And he, they gave him some fish and because uh, Jesus loves seafood. And so when they asked him to give him, sorry, y'all missed that. You'll get it Wednesday. Uh, so Jesus said, give me something to eat. And he ate it um, to confirm, just like I used to eat catfish with y'all, I still eat catfish even when I'm resurrected. Same Christ, same Jesus. You need people who don't change up on you. <laughs> you need people who, who still know how to uh, have, get their hands greasy and get a rib and sorry, I'm hungry, whatever. You need people uh, that will be able to, to meet with you at many different levels. Just because they got more money doesn't mean they can't, they have to change. We need to, so Jesus showed that even though I conquered and I did what I said I was going to do, I'm still the same person. I'm, I'm still the same. I'm just in a res I'm just in a more glorified body. So uh, we go on, and now when we get to this particular text, we get here at the ending of Luke. Uh, this is Luke the 24th chapter, and as you look at the ending of Luke the 24th chapter, we find uh, that he led them out as far as Bethany, and I think this a scripture is going to come on the screen. They led him out as far as Bethany, and lifting up Jesus' hand hands, he blessed them. And after he blessed them, he departed. He led them out of the city, led them as far as Bethany. And when he got them out of the city, out of the place where they were mourning, sometimes it's good for you to step away from the place that's got you captured. He led them out of there. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he blessed them, then he departed and was carried up to heaven. Now it's interesting because Luke as a look of this particular book, Luke is the writer of this chapter, but I do know this book, and I know that I reference Acts, but the reason I reference Acts, and I'm going to tell you why, because Luke is the writer of both Luke and the book of Acts. The book of Acts is more of a sequel to the book of Luke. So it's the same account, but a different, more expanded version of it. You know how sometimes when you watch a movie that's getting ready to come out, they give you a little trailer. And then you see other versions that say the extended trailer. 
Uh, there are 50 second ones, uh, one a minute and two, two seconds, and there's a two minute, third, 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 uh, three minute and 20 second one, or whatever, this extended version. So Acts is more of the extended trailer of what happened to uh, in Luke, the 24th chapter. So here it is, as he looks at this book, and Jesus, and, and the, in the book of um, Luke, Jesus basically is talking about the life of Christ in the book of Luke. But in the book of Acts, Jesus, uh, Luke talks about how the life of Jesus transform their life in the book of Luke he's talking about the different accounts of Jesus but in the book of Acts he's talking about how they were how they were changed by the life of Jesus and how the church was built because of the life of Jesus say it one more time in the book of Luke is talking about the life of Jesus but in the book of Acts it's talking about how the people responded to the life of Jesus and how the church was built on the life of Jesus so basically when he's talking to them and he says as he he lifted up his hands and it says and he blessed them and it says and then he departed it's interesting because after he blessed them he departed but the first thing they did the last hold on the last thing Jesus did was bless them but the last the first thing that they did in response to the last thing Jesus did was bless him don't want you to miss it Jesus last thing he did on earth was bless them but the last thing they did to Jesus was bless him. Because if you're going to move from here, the first thing you have to do is move from receiving to returning. And I don't want you to miss that because a lot of us are in a season or sometimes have been in seasons where we want to be the one blessed. Bless me. Do this for me. I need this. I need this or whatever it is. But these, these, he said, if you're going to really move and be empowered, you're going to have to move from always being on the receiving end to being on the returning end. Because anytime there's a blessing, there also has to be, anytime there's a blessing, there should be a worshiper attached to the blessing. Like I cannot forget, the first thing I learned, Dick and this lot, when I was growing up, one of the first things other than mama and dada and all that type of stuff, one of the first things I learned that I remember growing up while I was learning to speak, one of the first things my mom, my parents taught me is to say thank you. That when someone gave you something, the first thing you do is say thank you. Now sometimes we have some people that you will give them things, they won't say nothing. As if they, you, they, they have what you call entitlement mentality. Like I deserve, and I don't want to clear the room right now, and I don't want to target a certain age, but there's entitlement of which I, I belong to certain spaces, or I don't have to work as hard as you did, or I don't have to stay at this job for as long as you had to climb up. I deserve because I got a degree Tuesday. I should be CFO by Saturday and all these different things. And we don't say thank you for the people who opened the door for us or for the people who were there before you got there. You do know the first thing of mentorship is being able to appreciate the person who mentors you. To be able to say that you don't have to share what you have with me, but thank you for sharing it. Because there are a lot of people who get what they get and go on and forget about everybody else. But to be able to say thank you is to be able to say, even though I can't use everything you gave me, I appreciate the things that you gave me that I can use. So when Jesus, the last thing Jesus did was bless them to say, I want to bless you so that you'll be better because I'm not going to stay here. But the first thing they did to Jesus was bless him to be able to say, you didn't even have to give me 
me a blessing, but thank you that you did. I don't want to just be the recipient. I want to be the returner to be able to say, Lord, thank you for what you did for me. I wonder when is the last time, my voice is raising, I'm so sorry. When is the last time any of us in this room had a thank you without something in return? Because a lot of us say thank you or we whatever, but there's a clause attached to it. I'm only thanking you because I want you to give me more. There's a songwriter uh, named Beverly Crawford who used to sing a song and she would say, Lord, if you never do another thing for me, you've already done enough. And is there anybody in the room to say, if you never do another thing, if you never ever open up another door, if you never ever give me another opportunity, thank you for the things that I have done, that you've done in my life. So many doors you've open so many ways you've made you've been better than good to me can anybody open your mouth and say he's been better than good to me which is to say I don't deserve what he does for me I don't deserve it for people who come into space and time I'm not talking about in the building who wake up as if you deserve to be blessed I don't deserve it nothing that I have I have ever deserved I didn't earn it I didn't work for it. It is by grace that I have what I have. If I do any reason, is there any reason I praise him the way I do? It's because I thank him for his grace. Thank him for looking past me and still blessing me. Thank him for remembering not what I've done wrong and still blessing me. Thank him for never bringing up another thing I've done. Thank him for not judging me by doing a quick book prayer instead of a long prayer. Thank him for not, not judging me, for not studying the word the way I need to. I, I know y'all looking, I know y'all so more saved than I am and y'all always spend time and y'all always have devotional and y'all walk around speaking in tongues. Your dog is saved. Your cat to say your goldfish your goldfish doesn't even swim in the water your your goldfish uh, speaks in tongues in the water that's why there's bubbles the goldfish is because your whole house is saved but sometimes I'm not as saved as I look I'm not always doing the right things I'm not always acting the right ways I don't forgive people the way I need to forgive I don't always give people chances maybe y'all holy this section is more holy than y'all are I'm gonna talk to the ratchet section everybody does not always do what we're supposed to do but God blesses us anyway and if he never does another thing he has already done enough can I get some weed smokers in the room to tell the truth to say I get so high that I try to blow my mind every time but he still keeps blessing me I'm trying to loosen up this room act like y'all always got it together I don't always have it together my Sunday self is not as good as my Tuesday self. Not always together. But I have to learn how not to always be. This is where we have to, we have to couple grace with action. Because a lot of us are recipients of his grace. But the Bible does say, shall I continue doing wrong that grace may more abound? Which is to say... Should I continue to keep thanking him that he keeps forgiving me and keep doing the same thing all the time? God forbid. Because when God blesses me, he blesses me to change me. When he blesses me, he's not blessing me to pay my bills. He did allow me to make my bills, but he also said, you don't have to do this another time. 
I am more than a landlord. I am more than a bill payer. I am more than a bridge over troubled waters. I am more than a lift of your head. I'm more than that. But if all you need me to be is a payer of your bill, you will not find out that I will also give you peace in the middle of your storm. So shall we continue as we are? No, I don't want to just be a receiver. I want to be a returner. I don't know if there's anybody in the room who your joy in life is now to be able to bless other people because you used to be on the other end. When I was growing up, we used to have something called the hallelujah handshake. Anybody had a hallelujah handshake? Hallelujah handshake. Maybe y'all never had it. That's why you might be broke. But hallelujah handshake was somebody will come up and shake your hand. And when you felt your hand, it would be a 20. And Jessica, you'd be like, hallelujah. That's a hallelujah handshake. Because you came broke. Didn't even know how you got there. Didn't, your, your car was on E. Any college students in here? Your car was on E. You didn't know how you got here. You didn't want to tell nobody that you were struggling. You didn't want to tell nobody you didn't have nothing to eat. And somebody just laid it on their heart and they shook your hand. And you looked at your hand and said, hallelujah. Now it's called Cash App. Maybe we should call Hallelujah app. I don't know what we do. But to be able to bless somebody, but I'm saying that it's a great feeling to be on the other side of not needing it, but to be, but to be able to send it to somebody because you used to be on the other side saying, I used to be the one who needed that. So when Jesus blesses them, the first thing they do was bless Jesus. Now, as we go on in this text, someone keeps saying, keep moving, keep moving. So he moves on, and we doesn't want, he doesn't want them just to stay at the receiving end, but to returning end. Now he moves on, and he says to them, now we're over in Acts, because Luke ends, Brother Brandon, Luke ends and says that they returned went back to worshiping, they went back to Jerusalem, went back to studying. That's what this version says. But over in Acts, it gives a more detailed description of the same encounter. And it says that when Jesus got through blessing them, they didn't immediately return. It says that after that, the scripture came in Acts, in Acts the first chapter and around verse 6. He says to them, he says, and you will receive power. Oh, let me go back before I get there. So I'll get power and I might not come back. Let me go back to verse 7. Verse 6. It says, they responded to Jesus. He was guaranteed that sin. They responded to Jesus. They said, Lord, um, uh, is it time for you to restore your kingdom now? Are you getting ready to establish order? Are you getting ready to establish things? Because you said you are the king of kings. So are you getting ready to establish order? And Jesus responds to them. He says, it is not for you to know times and seasons that the Father has set. He says, it's not for you to know that. Now, when they talked about times and seasons, according to the Greek word, the Aramaic word, he was talking about when he says times, he was talking about chronos, which was meaning chronological order, meaning there are a lot of us who want to know this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and if I, this happens, this happens, this happens, then this is supposed to happen. That's what they were asking. So they were saying, is this how things are going to happen chronologically? And then they said, according to seasons, uh, there was a word named chronos, and chronos was to say, according to the seasons, uh, when I see certain things, will that be when you come back because there are a lot of people and you know those people who every time something happens they say you know the Lord's coming back seasons when people start fighting each other you know he's coming back you better get your house in order and we do all these things to scare people y'all know people like that you got family members like that where they start to, to, to discern and they say they say stuff like this you know it's the last in evil days 
Because we always want to know chronologically and chronos-wise, we want to know according to seasons. Will I be able to discern the times? Jesus said, you ask an important question, but it's really not important to what you're called to do. Some of us, what he was saying is, some of you ask important questions because you struggle with the ability to actually follow through. So if you ask more questions, it delays what you're really called to do. So you ask a bunch of questions because you have no intention to do anything after I answer the question. So you ask, if I change, will this happen? But you don't really want to change. So you're really only delaying my good, only delaying this time, and you're really wasting my time asking me good questions, but you don't plan to follow through. Oh, Lord, it just, uh, air got sucked out of the room. And there are a lot of people who will say, Lord, I remember when I was in college one time, I talk about myself, it makes me feel better because y'all have a hard time me talking about you. But when I was growing up in college, I remember one time um, I was with this particular person and I said, Lord, after this time, it's the last time I'll never do wrong again. Never. Lord, I'll never do it again. I meant that thing, Charissa, I did. I meant it for about three seconds. I said, Lord, if you deliver me from this, I'll never do it again. It was probably the next day. So, Jesus, a lot of things, what, what I'm saying is, there are a lot of us who are not ready for the deliverance that you testify about. It sounds good. It got a lot of shares and it got a lot of likes, but it was really a lie. Which is to say, and according to the Bible, it says, let your yes be yes and let your nay be nay. Meaning, don't waste people's time telling them you're going to do something that you have no intention of doing. I love it when people tell me, hey, I'm really not for you. I really don't like you, but I'm here. Thank you. You have stated your intentions. I at least know where you stand. It gets on my nerves when people try to front like you plan to be something that you really are not. I would rather just you tell me, don't trust me. Don't stay with me. Don't give me your money. I can't be trusted. Don't put me in position. I won't serve. Tell me all that stuff. So in the beginning, I at least know who you are. So Jesus was saying to them, you're asking a good question, but you're really delaying what you're called to do. It's not about seasons. It's not about times. What it is about is, and you will receive power, which is to say, you've got to be able, if you're going to move from here, you've got to move from just enough to more than enough. I gave you just enough information to get you here. But you're getting ready to be in a position that you're going to have more than what you need. I want you to just look around somebody right now. I know somebody was talking. There was a comedian that was talking about the other day. They said, the wonderful thing I love about COVID church is I didn't have to tell my neighbor nothing. But since we're out of COVID church, turn to your neighbor and just tell them you're going to have more than enough. You're going to have more than enough. Jesus said, you're not just going to have enough, you're going to have more than enough. He says, and when you leave, he says, you will receive power. Now, this is the interesting thing about power. He was not talking about political power. He said, I'm not talking about positional power. I'm talking about influential power. You do know you can have influence and never have a position. Jesus, I feel like I'm preaching better than you're looking. There are a whole lot of people who are waiting on a title, 
but you can have influence and never have a title. You can influence somebody in the elevator. You can influence somebody in the parking lot. You can influence a child. You can influence a nephew. You can influence a niece. Stop waiting to have a child. Maybe God has not opened your womb to have a child. Be a surrogate to somebody else's child and be able to say, I mother you because I wasn't able to mother children from my own womb. Is there anybody in the room who can thank God for the people who were for you what you did not have for yourself? <laughs> the reason that I operate the way that I operate is because of some of the things I did not have in my life. So because of what I did not have, I decided I would give what I did not have. Instead of growing up in my life bitter and saying I can't be it because I never seen it, I decided to see it so somebody else could be it. He said, I'm going to make sure you have power, but it's not political power. It's not positional power, but you're going to have influential power that you're going to be to influence places that you never would have been able to go into had you not had my power. I feel like that's a word for somebody. You're going to be able to go into rooms. You're going to be able to do things that you never would have been able to do on your own, but it's only going to be because of his power, not yours. He says, and you will receive power. And it goes on and says, Brandon, after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. What that means is don't move until you get that power. Don't start a business until you get that power. I'll tell you, don't even date somebody if you ain't got no power. Matter of fact, don't date nobody who ain't got no power. Don't try to change somebody who ain't got it. You can't bring them to church and change them. If they are showed you they weak, they're going to be weak in the ending. If you don't have no power in the start, don't try to get no power later on. Somebody say, give me that power. Give me that power. Give me that power. <laughs> you will receive power. After the Holy Ghost, Matt, come up here and preach this message. You can do a better job. I'm not doing, I'm not doing well today. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Huh, Jesus. I wish we had more people who wanted the Holy Ghost. Whew, Jesus. I wish we had more people who even wanted the Holy Ghost. That's a whole word. I'm talking about you want to be filled. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a language. A lot of people want the language, but you don't want the power. I ain't talking about a language. I'm talking about power to tread upon serpents. I'm talking about power to rebuke devils. I'm talking about power to say depression cannot stay here. I'm talking about power to say I am not cutting myself. I will not die. I will live and I will declare the works of the Lord. I'm talking about power so that people don't try to make you feel like you're weak. You look back at them and you say, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much education you have. I don't care what side of the street you grew up on. I don't care who your daddy is. I got power and my father is rich in houses and in lands. And the last time I checked, he's still on the throne and he is not going to be impeached and he's not going to resign and I got power. Somebody say, I got power. People who want power walk around. When somebody really got power, they don't even state their name. People who really know who you are, you don't even have to give them a business card. Business card. You walk in the room, they say there's a little something about you that's a little different. And you should holler back, it's because I got that power. It's I got that power. It's that thing on me. It's that thing I can't explain. It's that thing that makes me run and ain't nobody chasing me. It's that thing that makes me feel rich and I ain't got a dime. It's that thing that causes me to keep bouncing back from things that other people died in. It's that thing that causes me to not slap a hole. It's that thing that causes 
causing me to continue to keep my mind. It's that thing that causes me not to give up. It's that thing that causes me to stand still and know that he's God. Anybody got that Holy Ghost? Anybody got that Holy Ghost? Anybody got that type of power? Look at somebody and say, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Power. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Some of you are in the wind. It ain't came yet. So don't move until you get it. I'm talking about don't move until you feel powered because some people are trying to fight something and you ain't got the power. And I'm not talking, as I said, I'm not talking about a language. I'm talking about an access point. That dunamis power has the ability to blow up stuff I can't blow up. While I used to blow up on my own, now I let the Holy Ghost blow up, but I can't blow up. The Holy Ghost can blow up stuff while I'm asleep. Do I have a witness in the room? The Holy Ghost can do things with my enemy that I could never do. The Holy Ghost can write a better post on Facebook than I could ever do. So instead of getting on Facebook, I get my face in the book. And I let the Holy Ghost do what I can't do. Somebody say, you need the Holy Ghost. Gotta get out of here. Said so you will receive. You will receive power, not positional power, but influential power. Stop succumbing to things that you should influence. Stop dying to stuff you should speak to. Stop counseling stuff you need to cast out. We need a counseling session. You need a cast out session. I don't need a detour. I need a deliverance. I'm talking about people who used to come to the altar and say, I need a Holy Ghost. I, I need power. Meaning I can't break. What I'm saying to you is there are things you can't break on your own without the power. I don't care if you did 14-step program. I don't care if you did 21 days to not be a host. Excuse me, bad church. I'm, I don't care. Whatever it is, without the power, you cannot change enough already with everybody talking about I went to this conference and apostle so and so, prophet so and so laid hands on me and I ain't never been the same it ain't a man's power it's God's power I'm talking about I, I can't do it on my own it's his power and his power alone the only reason I am what I am is because his power and without his power you don't want none of me I'm trying to get off that point but he says, I want you to get to a point that you're tired of being just having enough, but you've got more than enough. I want somebody to point to your situations and say, this is as long as I'm staying here. I, I ain't staying here no more because I got that power. 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 Hold, hold on. Things going to be changing around here. Mr. is here. Some, somebody look at somebody and say, it's over now. It's over because I got that power. Power, 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 power. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. Somebody say, I want the Holy Ghost. I know somebody saying, hey, Pentecost Sunday, you can get it today. You ain't got to wait till June 5th. You can have it today if you want it. Say, I need power today. That's why the deacons used to sing the song, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. Somebody put a now on it. Say, right now. So it said, you will receive power 
when the Holy Ghost and I, I'm, I'm noticing that some people are sifting in your seat because when you start talking about a ghost you get nervous but this ain't about Halloween this is about something that can grab the demons that you've been chasing the demons that have been trying to throw you off and the things that have been trying to cause you to wrestle I'm talking about the power that can be able to look at that devil and say this is not your house now, I'm not talking about an address I'm talking about my body you can't have my mind no more you can't have my spirit no more I declare as far as me and my house we got power somebody how else said we got power yeah yeah so it says <laughs> stay there too long he says after you he says you will receive power dunamis power dynamite power power to explode things now this is interesting i want to clean that up because some of you want to explode people see how quiet it got i was shouting a few minutes ago yeah but some of us want to use power to explode people no i don't attack people i attack the spirit of the person Some of you are mad at a spirit and not a person. You have to learn to separate the spirit from the person. Didn't I just tell y'all about Judas a few weeks ago? Judas who became a traitor. He was not that way. So sometimes when you're praying for people, stop, stop speaking their name and start calling out the spirit that is trying to control their life. I wish I had more believers that would be able to say, we don't attack people, we, we speak to that spirit. What did Jesus, come on here, Jesus showed up and when there was a demon in a particular man, I got Bible for it, there was a demon in a particular man, a particular boy, and Jesus said, how long has he been like this? And he said, since a child, and he looked at the spirit and he said, come out of that boy, and when the spirit came out of the boy, the boy returned back as he was before Jesus to spoke I'm trying to say to you if you would cast out the spirit your family can return back to normal it's not the person it's the spirit in operation someone say it's the spirit when we used to have deliverance services it had nothing to do with the person it had everything to do with the spirit that was trying to attack them to be able to say, I'm not, and I'm, I don't know why I feel like I need to stay there. Because a lot of us are fighting people. And that's not your battle. It's not your husband. It's not your child. It's not your boss. There's a spirit that's going on. And some of them, say this, Sister Netra, some of them don't even want to be what they are. They don't want to be mean. They don't want to be vindictive. They don't want to be nasty. They don't want to be that. They have no idea. But there's a spirit at work with them. And you need power to be able to cast that thing out. I'm not talking about laying hands on them. I'm not talking about getting oil. I'm talking about just being around them. Sometimes you can get something and just be around somebody. That's what they were saying about COVID, right? That's why they want us to have masks. Because it's contagious. Well, you do know the Holy Ghost is contagious too. Now, I can be around the devil. And that devil don't feel comfortable I could be around a demon and that demon don't feel comfortable I wish I had a sanctified church that say good put me in the room with depressed people put me in the room with people who want to give up and I promise you a few minutes with me and the Holy Ghost and they don't want to stay that way again a few minutes with me and the Holy Ghost and they'll walk out that room and they'll say I don't even feel like that anymore I don't want to even go to go through that no more somebody say I need the Holy Ghost not 
to deal with the person, but the spirit. I don't know why I can't get off of that. There is a spirit that is at work in some people. And people are being oppressed by spirit. It is not generational. It is not because my mama was that way. It's something that creeped in. And I don't even know how to get it off of me. And I need the Holy Ghost. Because I don't want to be like this. I don't want to stay like this. I don't want to live like this. I'm tired of being like this. I feel tormented. I don't mean to be mean to people. I don't mean to be nasty to people. But there's something going on in my spirit that I can't change. But somebody lift your hands and say, I need the Holy Ghost. I don't even feel like I'm gonna finish this message today. That there is the answer. That it ain't me, it's the spirit. That's why David said over in Psalms 51, he said, Create in me a clean heart and renew the right what? Spirit. Which means if he's gotta renew the right spirit, that means sometimes I have the wrong spirit. And sometimes the real issue is I don't want to talk about it because I want everybody to think that I'm always right. But the truth is sometimes there's a spirit at work in me that's going on that's really troubling me and I'll try to go to counseling. I'll try to take pills. I'll try to have friends. I'll try to have counselors. I'll try to go to the church. I've gone to the altar call. But I want this thing that's troubling me out of me and gone. I'm through with my message. Everybody stand to your feet. That there, that there, I felt God say, stop it. You through with your message. Forget those points. There is in this room right now and online, there are some of you in this room I feel so strongly, that's why I could not even let it go, that if you would really tell the truth, there's a spirit that won't let you go. You're having a hard time focusing. You're having a hard time operating. You keep watching YouTube. You, you have insomnia. You can't even go to sleep. Stay up all night trying to watch reruns instead of praying. And this spirit is running in and out of your life. Everywhere. 15 years like that. 10 years like that. You can't even serve in the church because you don't want them to know you got something troubling you. Something troubling you. And this is where church stops and truth begins. Growth Point was not started to have good church. It was started to have people that can grow at a point. I want to ask you, can you acknowledge this the spirit? I, I, I'm having a hard time with this thing. As I, th I don't know what it is. I can't get it off of me. Matter of fact, I got a family member. For some of y'all, it's not you. It's who you live with. It have nothing to do with you. But you've been tortured by a spirit that has nothing to do with you. And you are trying to cuss them out because of something they can't even control. And they're looking at you and saying, but you're the one that said you had the Holy Ghost. So do you have a position or do you have power? Because you can have a position and no power. But you can have power and no position. I don't need a position to change my house. I don't need a position 
to change my team, my church, my community. But I do need to have power. I got to have it. So right now, this is going to be the most old school Thank thing. Thank you for I- your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.